The Warriors have won the NBA Finals. We'll talk about how they did it, what it means for their dynasty, and what it means for Steph Curry's legacy. Plus, why these Celtics might struggle to get this far again. All of that and more on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily podcast on the NBA. However, you may be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Mares. Four of the last eight championships, but also won the finals after missing the playoffs two years in a row. Steph Curry called it rock bottom, what this team has gone through since 2019, through the injuries, reshaping the roster post Kevin Durant. But they get back to the finals, and their championship experience shows through. And holy cannoli, Adam. The Warriors outlast the Celtics 103-90. to They win the finals in six games. It's a story, I think, of both sustained excellence and also a remarkable comeback, considering where this team had been. Now the Warriors dynasty is up to four championships. Steph Curry is up to four rings. I want to talk about Steph and his legacy here in a minute. But... What to you stands out about this Warriors championship versus some of the other runs? I mean, this is one of the best stories, in my opinion. And I'm not a Warriors person. I have no affiliation to the Warriors. This is not like a I, – I, I'm not like a Steph Stan or fan or anything <laughs> like that. I'm just saying this as a person who genuinely loves the way that they play the game and loves the way that the organization is run, loves the way that they yeah. coach, the assemble team, every single aspect of the Warriors organization. And it's just such a success story. Um, for them to basically win in the third iteration of themselves. You know, mm-hmm. you got the same core, but you've got Harrison Barnes. Then you get to Kevin Durant. Then you, And even guys like me would sit back and say, I wonder how many the Warriors could have won if it weren't for KD. Maybe he goes in there. But you watch him bounce back now with a third iteration and get such great contributions from guys like Andrew Wiggins, Gary Payton, Kevon Looney. It's not a, it's not a coincidence it's not just on the shoulders and greatness of Steph and Draymond who are inc- absolutely incredible. There's a culture there. There is a system in place. There's just a development that starts from the, the that stretches from the top yeah. of the organization and ownership all the way to the bottom of the owner uh, of the organization. And to me, it's just, it's just such a great story about what I think basketball is supposed to be. And you, you know, listening to the players afterwards on the, during the trophy ceremony, they all said to a man, this means more. Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, every player, they all said it. And maybe some of that is just because it's the most recent one and they just won it. And I could understand emotionally, but also it makes sense. Like this, I think, does mean more than the other ones, right? I mean, maybe not more than the 2015 championship. Sort of depends on what you think about that Cavs team, not having Kyrie, not having Kevin Love. But um, like this matters so much for all of their legacies because of the Kevin Durant cheat code championships. Like those were just so there was just the overwhelming favorites and nobody really knew what to make of it, of those teams. Cause we've never seen anything like that quite like that before. And you know, there were so many questions about this team and I, I, I really, I didn't know if the dynasty was over Adam. Like I really didn't like, this is a team. It's so easy to forget that they didn't make the playoffs wins. for two yeah. years. They had the worst record yeah. in the league two years ago. Right. And, you know, maybe it's because I was just so close to it covering them those two years, but it was really bad. Like, that was really bad basketball. And and to think that that team is this team now, I don't I don't think if this team gets to the second round and loses to Memphis, hypothetically, like, that you could still call it a dynasty. I don't know that if you go right. to the Western Conference Finals right. and, and lose in the Conference Finals that you could still right. call it a dynasty. Like, this was 
legacy defining on so many counts, not just for the Warriors organization, but for Steph, obviously, for yeah. Clay, for Draymond, Draymond like all these guys. Tonight. Absolutely yeah. great. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. And what I think is so neat about it, the NBA, especially over the last 10 years, maybe last five years in particular, it's become so different. There's so much talent. There's so many different ways to win. There's so many different styles that you really do see great teams fall because they got the wrong matchup. And I think yeah. now, as much as really in any time over the last 25, 30 years, the ability to be malleable on both ends of the court is so important. But what's interesting about the Warriors is they're so malleable. They're malleable on both ends of the court, especially defensively. You swap yeah. in a guy in this series like Gary Payton, who has an enormous impact, has the ability to guard Tatum when he needs to. Andrew Wiggins does a great job on Tatum. Uh, just, just what they were able to do, they were very malleable. But offensively, what's interesting to me is the Warriors system is now 10 years strong. 10 years mm -hmm. been running this. And teams have adjusted. They've switched defense. Like, the game has been revolutionized in large part trying to answer the Warriors question. And here we are with a new cast of supporting yeah. characters and you still can't stop Steph Curry. You still can't stop Draymond Green. He doesn't even score. <laughs> he doesn't even score. And it's still, you still can't stop the system. They just, it's so impressive because the league finds a way to stop everything. Here we are 10 years strong. Yeah. You can't stop it. Draymond scores so little that the moment he makes one like kind of mid-range jumper, it feels like he's just broken the, the other team. The other team's like, oh my God, now he's making it because he never makes us. Um, and now, like, you combine all that. The system is so strong. And then you you add, like, the, the, the confidence in that system that this team – and look, I thought that that confidence honestly bordered on, on cockiness. Like, this is a team that also got blown out in the playoffs. You know, like, I, it was I, – I yeah. it kind of felt like they were getting too cute sometimes. They struggled sure. with turnovers a lot. And yet, that confidence showed through. And, and I forget who said it, but I thought it was such a good point. Like, what stands out to me about this team – uh, they they were down two one. Like there was moments where the Celtics just looked outright like the more talented team in this series, and it felt like they had more answers than questions. And that the Warriors, like it wasn't long ago that Steve Kerr was like, "Hey, we're plugging holes here." Right. Um, but holes. but yep. but somebody said it. It was a great point. They just it's the competitive endurance that they have. Just right. that will to keep fighting and to keep uh, sticking to their game plan. And they didn't just like stick to their game plan. They doubled down on the small right. ball, starting Otto Porter, uh, putting Draymond at the five to start games. They went back more to the motion heavy stuff and actually veered a little bit more away from all that pick and roll heavy stuff that was there for the first three or four games of the series. Uh, so they doubled down on all of that and, and they just, they, they were able to, to just uh, execute on every single possession way more than Boston was. And the Celtics just sort of unravel at the end. Yeah. Only two turnovers in this game. Jason Tatum can't get it going. He was still looked gassed. They were complaining to the officials the entire night, it seemed like. And they just they unraveled while the, the Warriors didn't. They they doubled down and they were sturdy. And and that's the that yeah. DNA that people talk about. What the what you're referencing here, I think it was JJ Reddick on his podcast that said mental stamina, I think is yeah. what he called it. Like it wasn't the physical stamina. Like to go four rounds, there's a mental stamina you have to have. And I think that's what you're referencing because yes, and you mentioned losing by 40 or 50 points, whatever it was they lost to to the Memphis. What is Draymond Green and Steph Curry doing on the sideline at the end of that game? They're dancing, they're kind of right. like, and it's one of these of it's not, I don't I think some people might look at that and say it arrogance, and there's probably a little arrogance, like well-earned arrogance that, that that was part of that. But I think more than anything, it was an understanding that 
to win four rounds, to go that deep into the playoffs and actually win, you can never get too high, never get too low. Even in the toughest times, you have to know who you are and have confidence. And when you're down 50, a lot of teams will look at that and question themselves. And yeah. Do we need to make changes? Do we know who we are? Is this a crack in what we are? It's starting to show. And I think the Warriors are just like, man, we know exactly what it is. This is a marathon. We're on mile you know, 18 of a marathon. We're going to be fine. And yeah. You saw that in the series. I honestly believe that that when things started to fray a little bit for Boston and, you know, they go up in the series and then they get tied, then you have the pivotal game five. I just think you saw a little bit of that. Not, I don't want to say panic, but just losing control of the confidence and, and, and sort of yeah. that perspective that the Warriors I mean, never lose. They went like Boston goes up double digits early in the game. They come out with that energy yep. that everybody expected them to have in Boston, right? And the Warriors, right. like you said, they never panic. They they go on this huge twenty one to nothing run, bridging the first and second quarter. They take on a they take a double digit lead, and then you know the opposite happens for the Celtics, where the Warriors never worried when they were down double digits. It just sort of felt like the Celtics broke in half, and, and they they just didn't really know what to do with it, and they they freaked out and they panicked, and they could never really get back to their game plan. And you could feel it, like you could feel it happening. Um, also, want to give a shout out to Steve Kerr. I actually thought he was out coached for the first probably couple, three games of the series by Ime uh, Udoka. And I thought Steve Kerr was awesome. I thought it was his best coaching job of his career, quite frankly, by the end of this thing. Like, it it, it takes a lot of nerve to switch up your starting lineup and to go away from stuff and, and right, to, right. to tinker the way that he tinkered with some pretty major adjustments, I thought. And that's not easy to do. And that's another part of that confidence. Hey, we've been here. We know what it takes. We're not afraid to make these kinds of major adjustments on this stage where it felt like the Celtics didn't really know what kind of major adjustments that they wanted to make, if, if any adjustments, really. But Well, forget, um, forget just the starting lineup there for Steve Kerr. I mean, he closed a lot of these games with Gary Payton on the court, which I know yeah. is not a lineup. I'm not sure it's a lineup that they'd actually seen more than maybe 50 minutes of prior to yeah. the finals, in large part because you didn't have that lineup together until the playoffs, and then Gary Payton gets hurt in the second round. So they just didn't have a lot of that. But, you know, and credit to him, when you've won – with Clay Thompson in a specific role, and, and you've had some of these different Kevon Looney all year in a certain role, to be able to look at that and say, these guys are playing well, it's nothing that they're doing wrong, but this is our best bet. And it, by the way, Gary Payton, the last guy added to the roster, the 15th guy, he's going to close yeah. it, a pivotal game in the finals and then do it again and again. To be able to make calls like that is it, it really is impressive. But again, I don't sometimes we credit a coach and say, hey, they did a great job coaching or they failed to do this. Steve Kerr has the ability to do that in large part because who is part of that team? Draymond Green was benched in a pivotal game, by the way. If I, yes. Let's not forget this. Draymond Green himself was benched in the closing quarter of a very pivotal game. But you only can do that if you have a culture that can handle that type of strain and players in there yeah. that say, no, it's we, not, not me. And everybody and, buys in. And a front office and an ownership that buys into you as a coach where you know that you have right. the job security that if you do something like that, that you're not going right. to get fired, right? And so yeah. that's huge. Of all the championships, it reminds me the most of the 2015 one, only because it was the one we least saw coming. Um, and now you look you, to kind of spin it forward. Like, yeah, obviously Steph, Clay, Draymond, Steve Kerr, they've all been here. But now you got guys like Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole now having that championship experience. They've done it. They've won it. They're going to come back next year with a swagger. It would not shock me if the Warriors came out just like they did after the 25th. Maybe not win 73 games, but come out and dominate and, and, and really, you know, be one of the top teams during the regular season. Cause they weren't, and there was a lot, you know, they had injuries 11 minutes in the regular season with the big three. We all know that story, but um, like, this is a team that looks primed, right? 
Yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting, man, because like you look at both of these teams, there's like young players on both sides and you, you yeah. look at this and think there's really an opportunity to be as good or better. I mean, Steph, there's, you can make an argument for Golden State side. Like you can make an argument that Steph is a better isolation player than he's ever been. I oh, honestly I think, yes, of course. Yep. I mean, there's areas where maybe he slowed down and we've seen him be just even hotter from the three point line, even in playoff runs. Like we've seen that. But as far as now, what happens when he gets on an island, famously gets shut down by Kevin Love on one play and it becomes like this, this thing? He's the best ISO, one of the best ISO scores in the NBA right yep. now because of where he picks his spots and how he takes advantage of it. So to me, you know, he only looks good. Draymond Green's the one guy that I think you look at and you think, okay, maybe there's a clock there. But Jonathan Kaminga coming up, Moses Moody yeah. coming up. You just got that's a team that has this whole other layer behind them. Um, yep. I, no matter I, I what you. People were argued about the two-timeline approach. Do you have to trade Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman to try to get something? They were right, you know? They, they threaded were right. the, and the now most you... narrow needle, like the, the, the smallest yes. little area. They somehow threaded it. But no matter what happens now, you've won one championship post rant with these young guys. Like, you were right. No matter what happens again, you don't even have to win another one. No matter what happens now, you were right. They're going to be competitive no matter what for the next several years, like, now you've got the rest of the NBA chasing you again, and that's that's sort of the the area that the Warriors have occupied for the last decade. But um, we will talk about Steph Curry next and his legacy and why it's okay to just admit, hey, winning a finals MVP does matter for the resume. What does that mean for Steph's legacy? We'll talk about that next. But first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting, stats, and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all of the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, we have an important favor to ask you before we move on. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown Podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Lockdown Podcasts. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take long and everybody that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. All you got to do is take the survey. So to take that audience survey, Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. Now the Warriors have won four of the last eight championships. Steph has four rings. He's four and two now in the finals. And he finally has that finals MVP. Uh, perhaps outside of losing a 3-1 series lead in 2016, it, his resume is without blemish, I think, at this point. Um, can we have that conversation about where Steph ranks all time, where he ranks among the greatest point guards ever? Like, how do you think this impacts Steph's legacy? Well, you know me, we do power rankings on the show, usually on Fridays because of how dumb I think mm. it is to rank things. <laughs> I always say that ranking plus, so it's like a, it's like a parody, right? Ranking players to me is like ranking ingredients. It, it just doesn't make sense to say what's better mozzarella cheese or watermelon. Like they're they're used for different different dishes, different different things. Yeah, mozzarella cheese though. But, but just so we're clear, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but no, what I think is Steph is a, a, an all time great legacy or like a rankings breaker because I I understand when people say like a you know a Kobe is better you know he can do more right. things he's more versatile like this or that 
I understand when people say that. What I think is when we talk about what impact does a player have, how hard is it to build around them? How how, how well do, does what they do lend itself to winning? And I just think we look at it now and we think this is a culture that has somehow sustained itself for 10 years. It's crazy in today's NBA for a culture to sustain itself for three years, let alone 10. Yeah. You go through these different iterations. You bring different personalities in, different challenges. The spotlight has been on them. They have been the the marquee team over the last 10 years. So like, it's not that they've flown under the radar a la San Antonio Spurs, not taking anything away from them, but it's a different level when you're on the front, you're on Sports Center all, you know, every single day, everything that you do. And yet somehow it's held together with him. And the on-style play, he doesn't even have to have, he doesn't even, he's the only player I've watched that to this extent doesn't even have to have a good game to make the biggest impact. Right. Like, you just have to be on the court. Uh, and so for me, now the proof is in the pudding Four championships. He's got the final MVP. He's got the two MVPs. I don't care for like ranking him above or below this guy. All I know is when you talk about the all time greats, there's only a small handful of players that I think had the bigger impact on their team than yeah. him. It's a very, very short list. I think he's without argument. I'm with you. I don't want to get into whether or not he's the second greatest point guard ever, if he's the third greatest right. guard of all time, like that. I just whatever. don't think it makes sense. But I honestly don't think it makes sense to compare him to Magic Johnson. It's no. Just, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it makes more sense almost to compare Draymond to Magic Johnson. Like, they play more similarly. <laughs> but um, I, he's top, whatever. He's top, is he top 10 for you? Okay, that means he's above Shaq and Kobe and maybe Tim Duncan and some of these other guys. All right, if you want to make that argument, make that argument. But he's, without a doubt, top 12, 15, Somewhere in that realm, and that's like what you said, one of the all-time greats. It's so hard to put a, 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 a to kind of measure what it is that he does, but you just look at the the track record here and the success that he's had. Like, I mean, even like forget the all-time greats. Like, compare. Like, is he the best player in the league? Like, I don't know. Like, where does he rank? <laughs> like, I don't, I just don't even know how to 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 put him. You know, it, it's really the difficult. On-off numbers are absurd too. Like, that's a team yeah. full of great players. But even in this playoffs. Not just in the finals, but throughout it, you would have lineups that featured Draymond and Wiggins and Steph and Pool or and Clay and Pool, and they would be getting beat or they would be yeah. breaking even. Is one guy you took one guy off to give him a rest and it would change. But to me, the more interesting question was rather than do the like rankings, because I just think it's an impossible thing. Maybe it's good podcasting and I'm punting on this. But to me, if we talk about what players have been the most rewarding to root for for a specific city. Yeah. I honestly think if you go across sports, forget just basketball, I think there's only three, two, three, maybe four players all time. Michael Jordan in the city of Chicago. You were in Chicago. Okay. You got six to win, to end it. He yeah. gave you great highlights. He gave you great personality. It was a joy from start to finish. Tom Brady, 18 years. Oh, you had Boston. to bring up Tom Brady. You get six championships. You're in the Super Bowl. You're always good, whatever. Jeter. Those are, only two, those are the only two guys that I think are definitively ahead of the Steph Curry Golden State experience. Okay where Steph gives you four titles and counting or, you know, more to go. He gives you an all-time great season. He gives you a beautiful style of basketball. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just that they won in this boring way. He revolutionizes the game. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, for something about his game, unlike Brady, unlike LeBron, he was doubted the whole way. So you get this – you somehow get to be a dynasty that was also underrated the entire right. time, which is like the best – the sweet spot of sports. I don't know if that they were underrated during their Kevin Durant years. That well, was, they, they were, but, he was, but, but he was, but, but he Steph was. was, but Steph was. And that's, I think the finals MVP is a really big deal. Like I, I, him yeah. being the best player on the floor in a championship, like whether the hardware to me isn't as important as the fact that, you know, people did think that, 
he was just sort of okay in the finals runs. Right. I think that was a little overstated, but you look at his numbers, man. Like this is an all timer. 30, this is what he averaged in these finals 31 points, six rebounds, five assists, two steals. He shot 48.2% overall, 43.7% from three point range. Call it whatever you want vintage stuff, peak stuff. Like, I don't know. I just know that this Steph Curry is still in his prime. I, I truly believe that. I'm with you. I think he's better in isolation, he's stronger. He's he's probably not the same three point shooter, but he's, he's, I mean, like he's still freaking amazing. And I think and he's calmer than ever. He's calmer. And you know what? That's a real thing. And the teammates that were around him for these last few years and so, like all of them, everybody who comes through and plays even a little bit, even the two way guys to a T would always say, you know, yeah. you talk to them off to the side and they're like, Yeah, Steph is the real deal. And there is just a reverence for him that is it. it Look, I never covered Tim Duncan in person, but people have right. made that comparison, right. and it, it yep. seems it, it seems like an apt one to me because yep. it, he has a calming presence over that whole organization because he's not like a rah rah guy by any means, but he's very much like it's it's all cliche, but it's very true. First one in, last one out, hardest working, lead by example, all this stuff, and his greatness precedes all of that, and it just gives people so much confidence that okay, this guy is going to see us through no matter what. Right. And that's what he, and then they're down to one of these finals and he just goes crazy and, and has this amazing final series wins finals MVP. And now they're champions again. And the Duncan's on that list, by the way, too. And I know some people may be listening to this thinking, you know, Oh, what about, you know, LeBron, this or that, but LeBron, I'm talking about a city. Like if you, I'm not talking, if you were a LeBron fan, right. I'm talking, if you were a Cleveland Cavaliers fan or, or what have you. And there were some great moments. Don't get me wrong there. I just think that the Steph Curry golden state experience has been, an all-timer right up there with the Kobe Lakers or Magic Lakers yeah. experience and some of these other long-time, you know, one-offs. I just don't know that I, – I think if you ask somebody, like, if you, could, if you could give someone true serum and say, would you take four championships and a 10-year dynasty and all this fun, would you take that or would you take, you know, Dirk Nowitzki's career or would you take this yeah. or that? So I think Steph is just up there, man. It's been – I can't imagine being a Warriors fan. It must have been so great. <laughs> and knowing that they're just going to still be good. Yeah. You know, like this wasn't like the last gasp. Like this isn't the last dance. Like they're just going to still might, be good. It might be. I mean, here's, I don't want to make it. It might sound be their like last I, championship, but they're not going to be like oh, not right. in the playoffs. You know what I mean? They're oh, still going to be right, competitive. Right. The Steph Curry show continues. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. I. That's crazy. Congrats to them. What a great story, man. And Andrew Wiggins. He yes. talked about legacies for Draymond, who he kind of needed a good last two games, and he brought mm -hmm. it. I mean, he was really good in these last two, especially tonight. Um, yeah. And but Andrew Wiggins, to me, is there any player this year? He he's on a short list of players who has raised their reputation. I mean, I, he was thought of one way, obviously coming into the Warriors. He was thought of one yeah. way coming into the even the playoffs. And for him to be as pivotal as he was in this, like he's a champ. He's a champion, but he's a championship yeah. caliber player you know he's a championship caliber player like definitively full stop and i just think that's such a shocker but also it's just so cool to see he just sort of retroactively earned that all-star that we all made jokes it's about so true all-star appearance like you're yeah. gonna look you're gonna look back on this 10 years from now and be like oh andrew wiggins all-star 2022 that makes perfect sense like why wouldn't got it right man? yeah <laughs> got it right man <laughs> got it right uh all right let's talk about a team that didn't quite get it right in the finals uh celtics what happens next? Where do they go? Can they get back to this stage? We'll talk about that next here on Locked On NBA. All right, even though they lost, um, 
Still an incredible turnaround by the Celtics. I know that it's hard to probably think about that if you're a Boston fan, but you think about where they were before January, what they've done since January, Adam. I mean, they went through a tough Eastern Conference slate. At times looked like they were the best team in these finals. Again, we're up in these finals. Uh, but Tatum looked gassed in the end. They were overwhelmed by Golden State. Uh, what do you make of the Celtics season? Where do they go from here? Well, first of all, I, d- I am so annoyed by this idea that Jason Tatum was gassed, and that's why he played bad. Like, it just bothers me. Because it sounds like it's, it's this, like, well, that's what happened. Come on. By no fault of his own, he was tired and therefore it was unfair in this way. Like, guess what? Winning a championship is really hard. Michael yeah. Jordan played through the flu. We call it like the greatest game of his career. He was yeah. very exhausted. He's carried off the court. To win a title, you have to be exhausted. Like, that's just what it takes. So was he a little bit more tired? Maybe. I mean, they did have a really tough road, you know, very tough path to, to, to getting where they got. But to me, that, that's like by no means it, this this like, oh, well, that's an excuse or, or hey, that this context. Not, that, yeah. No, you're 24 like, years old. Like, you should be able to do this at this point and, in the prime. And, yeah. And by the way, he did. It, I don't like this is also not a Jason Tatum doesn't have this or that. What I really mean to say is that, no, the Warriors exhausted him. He was yes. tired and they made it almost impossible for him to play well. And then, of course, he didn't overcome that. So that to me, that's the story. But where does Boston go from here? It's interesting because this felt to me like a year of transition. You know, mm-hmm. you're going away from Stevens. Uh, you got a new coach. Jason Tatum, I think this was in a lot of ways a breakout season, becomes an MVP candidate. It just felt like a little bit of a turnover year. And then they get hot and it really all comes together for him. I saw somebody when the after game one said, is this the 1991 finals? Basically referencing, are we seeing the new face of the NBA emerge, Jason Tatum, and this young team getting over the hump when we didn't expect it? And here goes a long run. I think that might be a year premature. I still think this is a really good team. I think they're going to have a lot of great players back. I don't think they're quite great enough to say they're a next dynasty. Yeah. Uh, and I think that this was in hindsight, probably a year that a young team ran up against an older team, more experienced team, and probably, and hopefully for their sake, learned some very tough lessons. Yeah. I mean, in terms of what's next, I think it's pretty clear, you know, this Warriors series showed them, you know, the holes in their, in their roster. And it was a really, it's a guard. really good team. And I'll still hear the argument that they're their more talented team. Like, just in sheer talent. Like, I'll hear that argument. I don't have anything to disagree with that. But, um, like, with uh, Tatum, like, yeah, you know, it not just did the Warriors outlast you and did Steph Curry, who's the best-conditioned athlete probably in the NBA, outlast you, even in his age. But, like, Jimmy Butler just did it in the last right. series, too, and almost took you down. Right. Just with yep. sheer... Very close, very just, close. Yeah, it was sheer effort and not and playing through that being tired. And, you know, Tatum has to probably tap into whatever that is that he needs to tap into. And, yeah, you know, people have speculated, is he dealing with something with the shoulder? Whatever. Everybody's hurt at this time Again, of year. it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't like, matter. It doesn't matter. At, you didn't win the finals, and you had a chance. For Jalen Brown, like, he probably needs to learn to dribble a little bit better. Like, there's things that they could do on this roster, but... Let me, they, say, let me say one thing, though, about Tatum, though. Sure. I, I want to interject. And that is that there's actually basketball stuff that I think we saw as a whole in his game. And, and Tatum is one of these guys who has incredible footwork, body control, beautiful yeah. moves. Sometimes that beauty like has to go out the window, and I think he's one of those guys. Like The Warriors did a great job of sort of luring him into the things that were pretty but not 
effective in this yeah. series. And some of those were him going to the, you know, dribbling to the basket too much. He should have probably gone to that seven footer, which I know is not one of the shots he really goes to. Cause again, those aren't the shots you practice a ton of You're practicing the yeah. fall away, the 15 footer, the shimmy shake. So I think some of this had to do with, they put him into the spot that he did not want to go. And it shows you that, Hey, sometimes you have to win with the ugly stuff. Yes. Yeah. And he didn't dunk at all. Right. The whole series. Like that was Couldn't one of those stats that were going around. Series. Couldn't finish at the rim. That's a good point. You know, you just kind of just take, you got to just do it sometimes. And it, it's a really hard level to get to. And and it shows that Tatum's got a little bit more. And again, like, like you said, this was supposed to be a transition year for the, for, for the Celtics new coach, kind of reshaped roster a little bit, all this stuff. And they got this far. Um, if somebody wants to mention the 1991 finals, like, sure. I kind of was thinking about the 2012 Thunder when I was watching these Celtics. It, like, nice young team, all the talent in the world, lost to the more veteran team. And do you take it for granted getting this far? I don't – do they make it back to the finals? I think it's going to be really tough. I mean, the Eastern Conference, I think, is only going to get better. Like, Milwaukee will presumably be healthy. They'll have Chris Middleton for another run, like, as long as he doesn't get hurt again. Um, they're, they're really good. And who knows what happens with Brooklyn, with Philly, like – I think the East has a lot of really good teams. Like it's not going to be easy to get through it again, you know? And so right. uh, I don't think that if you're a Celtics fan, as young as this team is, like you could take it for granted that you're just going to be here again. Yeah. I I mean, you definitely, I think in today's NBA. So what is this? I believe this is the first time maybe in NBA history, or maybe dating back to the sixties that four different teams have won it in four separate years. Is that right? You got, you go from Toronto to the Lakers to Milwaukee to now Golden right. State like that yeah. almost never happens we almost always get repeats and I wonder like when we talk about since mm -hmm. 1970 or whatever we're really talking about the modern era of basketball we've seen some kind mm -hmm. of dynasty I know we just called the Warriors a dynasty but some kind of either back-to-back -back or two and three or something of that nature the fact that we haven't had that now four years in a row might be more a sign of where we are the league just being so deep so much talent it distributed amongst so many teams that yeah. I kind of wonder, like, so when you say Boston, you know, they'll be back, this might be a little bit more, I'm not fully like the NFL, but a little bit more like the NFL where, Hey, just cause you made it in your first or second or third year, doesn't mean you're going to be back doesn't ever. Mean, you could yeah. be a great team for the next 10 years and not make it back. Yeah. Dan Marino made the Super Bowl his second year, never right. made it back. You know, as long as we're making exactly. football comparisons on this, on this show, yeah. <laughs> um, that hurt me personally for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> Uh, any final thoughts on the Warriors or the Celtics before we wrap it up here? Um, it was a great, I just really, it's just the NBA season. The last couple of years have been defined by COVID. They've been yeah. defined by injuries, shortened seasons, this or that. This is the last of that era. You know, this, even though this season kind of ended on time, like they, it, it got back, yeah. it was off on the heels of a short off season. So it felt condensed, yeah. you know, now you get a full off season and you come back. I, I am curious to see. This was a great season. None of the championships you take anything away. But I am kind of curious to see how that affects, especially some of the older teams, the Lakers and LeBron James, you know, yeah. uh, the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I just, it feels like these last few years are almost a trilogy in some ways, starting with the bubble and ending with this one. And next yeah. year kind of marks a return to normalcy that I'm excited for. It was a great season. I think you made a really good point. There's so much talent. I don't know who the best team in the league is next year. But the Warriors are the defending champs. Um, congrats to them. Congrats to Warriors fans and all of that. Um, this was fun, Adam. That's it. This was a lot of fun, man. Great season. Now, the Nuggets dynasty begins. <laughs>
And silly season begins. We'll be here with free agency, the draft, all sorts of things here on the Locked On NBA channel. But that is it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. In the meantime, you can find me over at Locked On Heat and Adam over on Locked On Nuggets. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. The first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft podcast and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20.